this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Ah, uh, greetings and salutations, everybody in the world of the Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. Today is August 10th, 2023. I'm trying yet another setting on this camera here. So if you watch this, uh, if you're watching now, uh, be aware that we have absolutely no idea if it's going to work or not or what the quality is going to be like. Um, doing my best here, people. Doing my best to deliver a quality product, which is very difficult considering we don't even start out with a quality product. So we're really trying to do the Lord's work here. Maybe a little of uh, some Harry Potter magic as well. Um, yeah. Oh, getting that delay back. But you guys don't hear the delay, right? We went through that last time. So what I'm going to do is just ignore the sound in my head as per usual. Um, well, what's really disturbing about me today is, or no, that's, that's really disturbing about me all the time. What's disturbing me, not about me, but what's disturbing me today is that the new, uh, AI filter or software that I'm using for the recording of the top 20 is blurring out the background, which is popping me out in front, which I don't like. Which I have said for about 15 years now. I thought it was ironic for the lead singer of a rock band to absolutely never want to be out in front of anything, including a blurry background. This is also supposed to, like, move with me if I decide to move, but it does not seem to be doing that. Once again, the AI is smarter than the host. Let's just carry on, shall we? I'm off to a rough start today already. Uh, but let's, um, is this it? Yeah. Let's start with a little light housekeeping, of course. Um, last week, uh, or sorry, right now, there's a brand new Top 20 episode out on Strangerhood TV. I have been slacking again in responding to comments. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I had a really, uh, heavy hour week, uh, last week. As you can imagine, trying to head into the show, uh, and it's been rough uh, trying to play catch-up this week. We're going to talk about the show a little bit, probably in the top 20, or if not, it'll be in the rest of the rest of the lunchbox. But that is um, rejected by AI is referring to the problems I was having last week, or not the problems necessarily, but like it just wasn't wasn't doing what I expected last week. I think I figured that part out, but. Um, video is just kind of about like, uh, or the top 20 is about like why I kind of like to work with the same bands over and over again, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so check that out, um, on other stuff on Strangerhood TV. Bacon is my podcast. That's a new full interview from Monday with Beer City Bruiser. Uh, and also discussions and drinks from yesterday is how Jimmy and Mike's show went. That was also the show that I was on. So we'll, uh, check in with that. Um, and uh, warm-up strategies, the Barbie movie, and stuff like that. So feel free to check that out. I was watching the discussions and drinks from last week when they were talking about problems building a show. I did not get to finish it yet. I was actually kind of hoping this week's discussions and drinks would be a topic I'm not super interested in, like you know, like wrestling or you know, hot sauce or whatever. Uh, not that 
it's a bad episode. It's just I'm less interested in that kind of stuff. But I am interested to see what their takeaway from the show was, kind of in a stream of consciousness sort of thought. Because I certainly have mine, and we definitely had a fair amount of things that were going on behind the scenes that maybe the casual uh, listener or viewer or participant would know about. So I'm curious to see what their takeaway on it was. So I'll be watching that either later today or tomorrow. Uh, and then I may or may not comment on it. I know when I was watching last week's, um, I had so much to say and I just couldn't, you know, like I'm not going to type all of it. Also, a lot of it's like kind of inside baseball information that I would probably just share with those guys. I was actually a little surprised at how little information I guess I did share with them. I thought I, you know, I'm usually pretty, I'm usually pretty like wide open with that kind of stuff. No phrasing. I'm usually pretty wide open with that kind of stuff with the bands that I'm working with especially with my partner bands that I'm working with, because it's important, I think, uh, for not necessarily transparency, but, I mean, because, I mean, you can ask me whatever, and it's fine, but more for the flow of the show to try and get things accomplished, because one of the other things, and I don't even remember if I mentioned it last week, one of the reasons I do like working with the same band so much is that we're we're all working on something together. Like, it was, it was funny, um, I was talking, or funny, not... Haha, but like funny, typical. Like when I was talking to the sound guy, kind of advancing the show, and then again, day of show, like we're kind of going through, you know, changeovers and who's using what and all that other stuff. I was explaining that, you know, Dino Skate Park and Pathmaker are basically sharing some gear, and then from then on out, it's kind of all the same setup, and it actually works out really well. It's craving and us literally have the same kind of setup. Like you don't even have to move cables and stuff, and something heavy is pretty close, but, but craving is exactly the same, you know, like. Jimmy in the middle, you put Monty on the right, you put Frank on the left, and Chris in the back. Like, everybody's in the same position, so it's guitar, guitar, bass, drums, you know, vocals up front, everybody sings up front. Like, it's it could not be an easier setup for a sound guy for um, for Rebel Night and Craving Strange to play back-to-back. Like, literally just plug and play. you got a brand new, you know, a whole different band, but it's the same setup. So. Um, but what I was talking to him about, I was just sort of saying that it's one of the reasons I, I like doing this kind of stuff because like not only does everybody work together but like it's also not uncommon for bands when we're working together to like help with gear like you know um uh like it's it's like when something heavy was coming off it's not uncommon for me to bring something up on stage and then carry something of theirs off because i'm going that direction anyway uh so that's the kind of stuff i mean but i was talking to the sound guy about it about how it just makes things so much easier because we're actually all working towards the same goal. So um, I forget why I started saying that, but that's that's also not unusual around here, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but like I said, I do want to hear what their their takeaway was about that uh, because I actually thought it was a pretty good show. In fact, one of the things that I liked about it, and it's actually one of the things I kind of struggle about when I'm struggle with when I'm trying to build a show because one of the things I liked about it was the feedback I was hearing from just, like, the kind of... I want to say, like, the regular fans, but I don't mean it like just regular fans. I mean, like, regular people that regularly kind of come out. Um, they, they sort of... Whenever we do something like this, they always kind of refer to how... I don't want to say it's, like, the best show of the season because that's not what I'm saying. It's just... It's, it's like the show to go to because everybody knows to go to it and everybody knows you know the bands that are playing so they got a pretty good idea of like who's going to be there 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to say that without sounding like a dick, because that's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm just trying to say that it's a good event. People know it's a good event. And so people are coming, and people go out of their way to come to those, because it's five to seven hours of really just hanging with people that they like. And I've, I've made the reference before, and I thought it was pretty accurate back in the Evenflow days, where when we set up shows like that, it's it's really about people coming to hang out with themselves and oh yes there's also uh bands performing on stage music that people generally like but a lot of times i i have felt secondary to the show going on in the room let uh as opposed to the show going on on stage and i think that that is such a cool aspect of scene building and scene creation and you know just how that sort of thing works um I don't know. It, it's it's as close as I get to stuff like Lollapalooza or like Ozfest, where it's just like you're kind of just going as a collective. Maybe the Deadhead, uh, maybe or a Fish show, or even a Jimmy Buffett kind of thing. I, I don't really know because I don't really go to those things. But like, that's what it kind of feels like, where it's the event and then you know the music is kind of secondary. And so I thought I thought that was pretty cool, and I was happy because that was something that we were trying to accomplish. The problem is, is that it doesn't always translate to asses and seats. And I know that I. I butt up against that logic a lot with uh, other bands that are trying to do other shows. Like we've, you know, we've we've been in we've been in situations where we've been like I don't want to say like asked not to play, but like it's been explained to me that we were not asked to play because whoever's doing the show is like they want one band from this group of people and one band from this group of people and one band from this group of people and it's a cash grab or sometimes it's a fan grab like i had had a big argument with um with last turn up broadway about that very thing uh at one point because i thought they were doing the wrong thing i mean i wasn't a dick about it um i was a dick about it because i didn't find out the truth till much later i was a dick about that part but I wasn't a dick about the logic. I understand that. Like, if you want to do fan grabs, like, do fan grabs. Like, we've done them. We do them from time to time. Um, and it's it's kind of a disingenuous term, but it's, you know, it is, it is sort of what it is when you're trying to play in front of new people. I, personally, would rather just sort of enlarge the tent uh, anytime we play. Uh, but I will say, I'm having a great deal of difficulty doing that, too. It's hard to bring in new bands that don't necessarily want to play with, you know, four bands that know each other. I don't understand that at all. I I will take that show nine times out of ten if it's offered to me. In fact, unless there's an actual conflict, I think I would take it probably every time. Um, it's it's the model I used for, for New to You. It's the model I used whenever we would play away. You know, a lot of those bands would know each other, and they just slip us in the middle somewhere, and that was, like, glorious. I, I love doing stuff like that, so... As I try and build the Beery show, um, I'm actually, I want to, I want to, never mind, uh, I'll, I'll figure that out on my own, but like I was just thinking like some of the bands I was reaching, wanted to reach out to, um, because I just, I haven't seen them in ages, so this might be the best way, <laughs> might be the best way to, to see them. Um, so anyway, so I think if, if anyone's got any comments about the show or has anything to say about it, I will talk more about some of the specifics later. I don't really need it to be part of the top 20. It'll just be more like kind of for your own information for, for the regulars that uh, listen to the Hard Rock Lunchbox and were at the show. Like some of the behind the scenes stuff was kind of um, interesting, I think. But I don't know. Anyway, um, 
So if you have any questions or anything like that, now would be a good time to ask. You can hop up on 99WNRR.com and ask them. And as soon as I'm done here, I'll go through that. And I will absolutely uh, give it uh, the attention those questions deserve. I think I can do that, right? Don't I do that sometimes? It's always a no! Yeah, I guess that's Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, just because it's something that matters a good deal to me uh, on a personal level and a public level and all that other stuff. Uh, and if I did not, you know, I, w I have not been speaking about soccer and the World Cup so much because I don't want to offer up any spoilers. Uh, if anybody is not up to date for at least the quarterfinals um, uh, as far vis-a-vis uh, -vis the women's national team, Now would be a good time to probably, like, dip out and not listen to the next five minutes of the show or um, or not uh, or fast forward if you're if you're looking at this uh, another time or listening to this live because I want to talk about the game uh, USA versus Sweden in the knockout round and the, and the U.S. women's national team uh, specifically. And I want to talk just briefly a little bit about uh, socio-political nonsense that I, I think is going on and It's. This is how I deal with stuff when I'm not calling people out on social media. So, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I don't see any particular. Okay, I don't see any uh, absolute vetoes from me talking about this in the chat. So I'm going to go ahead and do this. So, um, as you may or may not know, if you're not watching the World Cup, the women's world, FIFA Women's World Cup, if you're not watching that. The USA, the USA women's national team, is ranked number one in the world because they're the best in the world. Um, for better or for worse, going into this particular World Cup, the one that's going on in Australia and New Zealand, there have been a lot of problems with the women's national team. There's been a few retirements. There has been a lot of injury. Um, and there has been a lot of people that just did not want to participate in the World Cup because for various reasons a lot of, a lot of it is health based like physical and mental but also like when you're the number one team it's like six weeks it's six weeks of just being in Australia like it's a big thing and yes uh, Megan Rapino and everybody else that she worked with um, in the in the group to get equal pay it's it's fine it is it is really fine uh, I think they're they've finally gotten equal pay so at least it pays for their time that they're going to be there which I think is absolutely fantastic and I'll go to the mat with anybody that disagrees with me on they're wrong. I'm, I never say, I don't usually say I'm 100% right. I'm 105% right on this one. It is a good thing, and I'm glad they did it, but it's still six weeks. Even if you were getting paid, like going away for like six weeks, is a big, it's a big ask, right? It's, a, it's basically you're going to work on a location job for six weeks, or eight weeks sometimes if you got to train earlier. So sometimes there are people that just cannot make the commitment. They have personal things going on. They have other obligations. Totally makes sense, right? Um, so the women's national team has been having a lot of trouble because they've got a lot of new players. They've lost some players. They lost Carly Lloyd retired, which sucks. Carly Lloyd is, well, before she retired, was the top goal scorer. She was, she's the only American uh, goal scorer that has scored, scored more goals than Alex Morgan, who is still our, uh, on our team and our striker and just a brilliant player, honestly. Um, but uh, Kristen Press uh, is in her third ACL Uh, reconstructive surgery, which actually like upset me because like she's not an old woman, you know what I mean? Like that's a big deal and probably a career ender. And then Tobin Heath decided to sit this one out because 
It's a lot to be in that kind of public eye. And then uh, Sauerbrunn had a ankle inj- injury, so she couldn't play defense, which forced Julie Ertz into defense. Uh, and if you don't know any of these players, it's fine. Just they've added a bunch of new players, some brilliance, honestly, um, like Trinity Rodman, uh, uh, Williams, and Sophia Smith. But they're young and inexperienced, and it kind of shows. And they also did not put the team together early enough, in my opinion. They did not get to play together enough, and you could see it. While still some of the best players in the world, anybody that's ever seen a team that's kind of out of sync, or a band that's out of sync, or any group that's out of sync, like dancers or anything like that, it shows. And when you're in sync is when things are really moving along really well. You know, so like, arguably, I think the 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 pre-World Cup, I think, was a little shaky. I think they were waiting for maybe Kristen Press to be able to play. Um, they weren't really sure about Sauerbrunn. And, like, those 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 are changes. Plus, um, the main slash best players on the USA team are really starting to age out. Megan Rapino, who is retired, uh, she's retired now, um, was really one of the best players in the world. She's not a top goal scorer, but uh, she is what is called... Uh, a playmaker because she is so good at moving things in and around the field, which is actually part of why it was so unfortunate the way that things kind of worked out. <coughs> Excuse me, but she went in as a sub because she's 38 years old. She's 38 years old. She's playing against 16 and 17 year old Italian and Argentinas. And also, you have people like Sophia Smith, who's probably like 21 or 22. Like, it's a little hard to keep up. It just it just is. And you can believe it or not. I mean, not everybody is Tom Brady, but she's pretty close. So, anyway, so she's doing doing, doing the job, and, it's, and it's, it's really tough. But a lot of our other players are just, they're starting to get a little bit older. And that tends to show in the longer games. They're not necessarily in peak, but they're actually still the best players in the world. So they're still on. So there's a lot of that. And they're just like you heard of teams like having rebuilding years, growing years. This is one of those. It was just unfortunate that it was during the World Cup. So what happened is the first three games during the group stage, the Americans played arguably like garbage. I don't think there's anybody on earth, including the women's national team, that would argue with me with that sentiment. Sentiment. It was actually so bad that during the Portugal. Portugal game, Charlotte turned to me and was like, why are they playing so badly? And I was like, I have no idea. You know, but like, I read a little bit, I listened a little bit, I didn't dive too deep into it, because honestly, I can't handle that level of sports analysis. It's too geek for me. I just wanted to understand like, why some players weren't playing, why some of the decisions were being made, that kind of stuff. So, I did. Uh, and, that, and that was fine. But they got out of the group stage just barely. They should have beaten uh, Portugal Absolutely, and didn't. They should have beaten the Netherlands and didn't, honestly. Although the Netherlands, is, a, even though they're ranked in the top ten, like towards like nine or something, they're a very good team, and they're also a team that we cannot seem to beat very well or very easily. Uh, we played them in the finals for the last World Cup in 2019, and I think, we, I think they were saying we went like 100 minutes before we even scored against them. That's a big deal. So I might have that statistic wrong, but I do know it was very late in the game. And I think it was the one against the Netherlands. But yeah, so we should have won all those and didn't. So because of that and the way it worked out, we ended up having to play Sweden. Uh, now, Sweden is the number three team in the uh, entire world. Sweden is incredibly good. Uh, the only other team better than them is Germany. And Germany actually got knocked out in the group stage when they failed to beat Morocco, which was 
very surprising. The only thing that would have been more surprising is if the Americans didn't make it out of the group stage because that has never happened. The American women have never not made it out of the group stage. Uh, American men, all the time. The men's national teams, hot garbage. They, they, cannot, they cannot do anything. Uh, but anyway, my point is, and since I'm starting to run out of time, um, we played against Sweden. We played like the women's national team always plays, should play, and does play. They played incredibly well. They dominated the game. They dominated the F out of the game. The only reason the score was an 150,000 to nothing is because the Swedish goalie might be the single best keeper on the planet. I had no idea who she was beforehand. I absolutely know who she is now. She is stunningly good. Absolutely stunningly good. And the Americans really should have won that game, but they didn't. They, uh, they tied 0-0, it went into the two overtime halves, and then it went to PKs. They did their first round of PKs, and they tied 3-3. Three three. So what they do is they just sort of keep going until somebody wins. Like they, Everybody gets one shot, so Sweden eventually wins this game. I'm not, I, I can't even begin to tell you how, by a millimeter, that shot went. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about, and again, sorry, I'm running out of time. This is running long. We had three American players miss their penalty kicks. As did Sweden. Uh, well, I guess Sweden had two because they got the last one. Um, one of those players was Megan Rapino, And the likelihood of Megan Rapino missing a penalty kick is so low. It's about, it's probably lower than me missing a Thursday hard rock lunch. But it happens. It really happens. It's super nervy. She's a substitute. She's not totally warmed up by the time she gets in there. We were on the Sweden side of the field. Like, I have never actually heard the American team boot so heavily like that. It was a little just kind of jarring. Like, first of all, Swedes, mind your manners. Like, you're in a world-class event. Like, don't don't be like Americans. Don't be like us. Like, don't say anything. But booing? Jesus Christ, what children you guys are. And you guys want to be part of NATO? <laughs> you're losing my vote with that kind of stuff. You take on the Russians yourself, you think you're so bad. But anyway. So Megan Rapino misses. Arguably, she's one of the reasons we lost the game, because of that shot. Arguably, she's one of the reasons we didn't, you know... We got that far because somebody could have beat her. She played tremendously for the time that she was out on the field. She probably stopped a few goals. She definitely was uh, a part of a few almost uh, like assists that were almost goals and stuff like that. So she missed the penalty kick. And the point that I'm finally trying, finally getting to, that I'm trying to get to, is that instead of having the decency to basically just shut up on the sideline. Former President Donald Trump and all of the Republican dick suckers that follow him, not that all Republicans are dick suckers, the Republican dick suckers that do follow him, decided to trash her for it. She's not the only person that missed, but they decided to trash her for it. Uh, people hate, people on the right hate Megan Rapinoe. The hater, I think it's mainly because she would kneel for the national anthem while Colin Kaepernick was uh, kneeling for the national anthem. Uh, and that's apparently anti-American, as opposed to killing unarmed black people, which I guess is completely American. Which is why Colin uh, Kaepernick was doing it in the first place. So she believed in that, and believed in that cause, and would kneel. She didn't 
obstruct the anthem or anything like that. She didn't do anything like that at all. She didn't make other players do it. It was her own personal choice, and I think it's a perfect use of your ability to exercise your American freedoms that apparently everybody holds so dear. I think that's why they hate her. I know for a fact they really hate her because she was fighting for, uh, she advocated for herself and her gender when she was looking for equal pay for women, to which uh, most conservatives completely shit on her, which I thought was horrible. And then she's just an LGBTQ icon. And you know how Republicans feel about that. So instead of being quiet, he decided to actually publicly slam her for missing a penalty kick. And Republicans and conservatives that I know have referred to her as a loser. As far as I'm aware, she did not miss the, the goal by 7 million votes or anything. If you want to talk about what losers actually are or what losers actually look like. But I just want to point out one thing. People seem to think that people like Megan Rapino do not represent America. They do. They do specifically because they advocate for things that Americans should advocate for. Gender equality, equal pay, equal protection, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in our great country. Anyone that advocates for those things is a model American. Plus, as somebody that believes in those things wholeheartedly, Megan Rapino represents me, and I'm an American, and I assure you, I am better than most Americans that are trashing her for missing a penalty kick. That is super important to keep in mind. And finally, these women and all of our national athletes, they go and represent our country on the national stage, uh, so on the international stage, the world stage, they're representing America. They're some of the best of the best in the world. They represent our country beautifully. They represent it dutifully. And because they advocate for themselves, they represent to the rest of the world that might not have such a lenient government at home. They represent to them what is possible and what should be possible. When great athletes stand up, identify a cause, and work towards a solution. Personally, I think she's a fantastic American. And because of that, I've just completely readopted my take on everything that's happening politically. And now I see so clearly that the people that hate America and Americans are those conservatives. Those Republicans, those Trump Republicans, the very same ones that think President Biden isn't really our president, that the Department of Justice, our entire legal system, the American legal system, is corrupt. They think that an entire half of the country are treasonous. You know, we want to overthrow something because we believe in, like, social values. We're all Americans. We're all doing things legally. We've participated properly. We're Americans. And those Trump-loving Republican conservatives are the ones that hate us. They hate Americans. They're the ones that hate America. How messed up is that? Because that's all they've been saying for years. How much we all hate America. Nope. We love America. It's them. They hate America. 
because they don't like what it is right now, where people actually have gender equality, people have LGBTQ rights, people have pay equality sometimes, people used to have rights over their own body. So who hates America and Americans? Well, they seem to be supporters of our former president. And how do they show it when they don't like what's going on? Do they kneel during the national anthem? They attack the Capitol. They drive cars through protesters. They threaten to shoot our president. (laughs) Those are the people that hate America. Don't forget it. Don't forget it for one second. Hard Rock Lunch Box. All right, so last week we tried to uh, does it box with the brand new Avenged Sevenfold. I couldn't even get it all the way through without people insisting that I stop playing the song. So I felt bad about that, so I figured we'd just go with a classic and call it a day. Hard Rock Lunch Box. So in some semblance of good news, which I almost never get to report medically, <laughs> I did speak with my chiropractor. It's like I'm, I'm, in, I'm in three times every uh, two weeks. I'm on that kind of rotation for the nerve uh, damage in my neck. Uh, but we actually got to a point where we do believe the recovery should be months, not years. So that's something, man. I gotta tell you, man, it's very hard to live in pain all the time. Like I, I used to watch like those Aleve commercial because Aleve is like super, super bad for you, like really, really bad for you. And I used to watch those commercials and be like, oh, yeah, I want to leave and I can, you know, handle my day. And I'd be like, why on earth would you take something that's that bad for you? And it's like I remember being in the shower like a few months ago and I was like, oh, I know exactly what that feels like now because that kind of pain, that con- I mean, yes, you do numb out to it, but like. It's so ridiculous. I was just trying to type a comment back, and it's like 17 typos in like in a four-word sentence. It's like I can't, I can't do anything. Like it just, like, not to mention the volume, no pun intended, of mistakes uh, I make playing guitar. It's very hard to play guitar live these days because I really have to pay attention much more. That sort of sucks. But hey, man, let's move on to bigger and brighter things. I found some music I feel like playing. I didn't really pull anything new for today because there isn't really anything new good except for uh, the Rebel Nine song, which I will play later. And I'm not blowing smoke up my own ass. It literally is the best thing I saw on release radar this week. So that's the only thing I grabbed. Um, but when uh, when those kind of weeks happen, I do get to sort of just scroll through the archives. And man, there are some doozies in there. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Such a beautiful song, but man, I have not heard this song in so, so many years. This was so awesome. This was going to be my answer to the very absent Jane's addiction at the time. I mean, I'm glad we didn't need to do that, but man, this was a good song. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Yeah, man. little old Godsmack for you. I haven't heard that one in a minute, at least. Um, I found this post I really want to read, but I think I'll just I think I'll just save it for a minute. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what the best way to work this all together is. Um, yeah, so 
uh, I guess by this point, I hope by this point, uh, everybody in my listening audience has heard the brand new Rebel 9 song. It's always a no! We released it the Friday before Saturday show. I'm pretty sure I won't be doing that kind of ever again. <laughs> I think it was way too much for me to promote, and as I've been saying all year, I'm already just at a, at a very large deficit for what I can even handle uh, in terms of the extra outside extracurricular work, so I think I won't be doing that again. Uh, our, our next show is in October. It's October 27th, uh, so I would expect a week or two before that will be our next release, uh, but I'll have a lot more information for you uh, as we get closer to it. Um... I thought it came out pretty good. I thought it, uh, sorry, I know the single I thought came out fantastic. I think David Casciano did a great job getting the best out of the band for that single. And as I said a couple weeks ago, I think it's probably, possibly, if not probably, the best and strongest Rebel 9 release to date. Um, it is uh, funny, and I don't, you know, sometimes I, I'll talk about, like, why why songs are what they are and what songs are about. I tend to sort of just sort of kind of don't really have a good rhyme or reason for when I talk about songs and when I don't talk about songs. It usually seems like if it's prudent and and it's like there's two necessary conditions. It needs to be prudent and I need to feel like talking about it, um, which I don't right now. <laughs> but but I, can, I can talk just briefly uh, about the title because I've been asked about it a bunch. Um, Including from like within my own band, uh, and, and and that's fine. Like I don't <clears throat> I don't mind explaining stuff. Stuff like I, I it's I basically took a word that is that is a thing. I took a thing and I kind of turned it into like a verb. <laughs> like like Google is a thing, and now we Google stuff, right? Side out is a thing, and um, you know I basically turned it into a verb, even though I didn't mean to. It's not really how I'm doing it. I'm saying, like, let this action occur, the side out, and then move on. Like, that was really what the title was uh, about. That's what the course is about. Um, but just to just kind of clear up anything, if anybody's wondering, it does come... Uh, it's an actual... Actually, it's an antiquated at this point uh, term from volleyball. <laughs> I know. It seems silly, and I don't really follow follow volleyball, but I, I like the concept. I always like this particular concept. It's annoying when you're playing the game or any games that do have side-out rules, uh, but the concept was so perfect for what I was trying to convey in the song that it, it made sense to me to write it that way. So if you don't know what a side-out is in old volleyball style rules is when uh, you're playing a sport like volleyball where the only way to score a point is if you're the one serving. If you want to translate that out a little bit, like in baseball, if you're the ones in the field basically defending, like there is no way for you to score a point. Only the offense, the batters, can score points, right? Batters and runners. So in volleyball, in, under side-out rules, if you are the ones with the serve, you can score a point. If you're not the ones with the serve, you're receiving, you cannot score a point. You can only break serve. And even though they don't do that anymore, uh, maybe they do it some places, but in, it seems like in general practice they don't do that anymore. Uh, the reason that's important and the reason it mattered 
is because sometimes when you're on the defensive side of things and you're defending especially yourself, there really is no way to win. I think a lot of people have been there. There just is no way to win. There's no way to advance. There's no way to score a point. So the best you can hope for is to break that serve and just make it stop.
I told you it's good when I get to scroll around, find some heavy stuff. Big fan. Hard Rock Lunch Box. You know, I've got to say, and I'm just going to adjust it quickly, I've seen so many people, so many people, complaining about um, Metallica and Pantera for the, the last batch of shows here. A lot of people complaining about Metallica because... Um, you know, I guess they're just not stellar musicians. Like, no shit, man. They never really were. I mean, that's not what they were really known for. They were known for, like, kind of creating a new genre and, like, leading that particular charge and for being consistent as fuck over time. Like, that is really what they're known for. People are talking about James Hetfield's ability to play guitar. Man, it was never great. He's a great rhythm guitar. He's what I aspire to be as a rhythm guitar player. Like, I'm a lead guitar player, and I, when I play rhythms, which is most of the time these days, I aspire to be as, as rock solid as him. It's actually one of the things that's bothering me so much about this nerve damage in my hand and my neck that's causing uh, the problems in my hand because I cannot physically play as well as I'm supposed to be able to. So, I. I did not see them. I saw Metallica back when they released the Black Album. I saw them a lot uh, back in the day. I don't need to see them anymore. Like, I just don't. I don't lo- I don't like concerts so much anymore for other reasons uh, that I can go into at other times. But, like, dude, they're an awesome band. They're older than I am, and they're doing a great job. And they've been a good band for an incredibly long time. Uh, and that, I think, speaks to how good they are. And as far as Pantera goes, like... Yeah, man, half the band, the creative force of the band, is not alive anymore. I think the fact that they're doing it at all, with two of the most amazing fill-in drummers, like, I hope nothing happens to Noodle, but if Charlie Benante ever wanted to fill in, like, I will make Noodle carry his shit to the gig, and, like, no problem. And same with Zach, dude, open invitation. You ever want to play for Rebel 9? I'll kick both of us out, me and Kat so that you can play. I mean, Jesus Christ, what a replacement lineup. And people are mad because it doesn't sound like Pantera. Well, I got to see Pantera back in the day, one of the greatest concerts I've ever seen from one of the greatest bands that has ever been on stage. That moment is over. It just is. I think maybe a little gratitude in being able to still see these amazing bands like do an incredibly good job anyway. Whew. I think that's the path. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I do have a quick kind of programming note. Yeah. It'd be nice if Coheed could just end the song normally so I can just get back onto the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, I do have a quick, uh, not really a programming note, just a, something. I wanted to talk more about what was going on at the show Saturday night at the warehouse, but I don't have time to do that, so maybe I'll do that in, uh, in, the, in a coming episode of the, of the Lunchbox. I do want to point out, or just address one thing. Um, that was kind of just a very weird and odd situation uh, to have happen. And then kind of everything around it, everything else around it was kind of odd. Um, so we originally built this show as a $15 show. And the reason we did that uh, instead of just an, a $10 show is because... Um, the, the venue was going to be taking a, a bunch of the door, which is not unusual. Uh, the venues, I, I've had that conversation before where sometimes venues would take part of the door, which is kind of messed up, but like if they provide services, like, okay, I guess I kind of understand it. 
It used to be the bands would just get the door and the venues would just get the bar. And sometimes if the bands did really good, they would actually get a bonus from the bar. That's how I kind of came up. Do you keep hearing about how people just keep taking and taking and taking, especially from people that are just willing to give, like artists and musicians and stuff like that? Well, now we're at a place where not only does the venue keep the entire bar and never bonus you out ever, uh, they take more and more of the door. And, the, and like they do that at Beery's that basically pays for the guy at the door and the sound guy. That way the bar is not you know, doing whatever. I, I, I could go into the economics of it. It's just going to bore you and it's going to annoy me. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, but we originally decided to go with 15 because a lot of the bands were doing a lot of work for promoting. It was kind of a big deal to have everybody in in that situation on such a nice room, on such a nice stage. And all the regular shows that they have there are $15. That was the decision. We had considered 12 but that's annoying. Uh, so we decided to go with a $15. And by we, honestly, I mean like it was my decision. And all I really did was like sort of just check in, make sure anybody wasn't super opposed to it. So all the responsibility, if you're mad about that, really does fall with me. It was my show. I ran it. I set everything up for it. Like any problems with it, it's fine. Uh, but it turns out, and I did not know this till rough, you know, like almost like 930 at night, that they were charging $20 at the door. And so for anybody that paid $20, I just want to apologize that you paid $20 for starters uh, when we advertised it as 15 But I think you also deserve a bit of an explanation. And the explanation really is the club fucked up. Uh, the person I set it up with apologized to me after I, I checked with them. I was like, yo, what is going on here? By the way, the dude at the door, I don't know if anybody knows him. He's a dick. He was a dick to me because I told him it was supposed to be 15. When I found out, he's like, "Bah, it's 20. What do you want me to do about it? And basically my answer was, I want you to do what I'm saying. It's my show. Now, it's also, you know, three hours after doors open. So there's really not a whole lot I can do about it at the point. And I'm also just about to go on stage, which totally messes me up and my head because I feel terribly bad about it. Uh, and again, credit to everybody that came because nobody came to me and complained about it so thank you all for that but just to be very clear the venue fucked this up uh they owned it the person that set it up owned it apologized to me and i am now apologizing to you um she did say that like you know we should be charging this kind of money because we deserve it and i said that that's really nice but it's also not their decision to make it's our decision to make uh when we are talking about the money that we're going to receive we'll set up a show and all that other stuff um also it is um the deal that they usually do at the warehouse is they do 15 dollars advance and 20 dollars day of show and i said if you wanted us to do that you had to provide us tickets to sell them in advance and we would have done that in 15 i'm pretty sure everybody that we know would have bought them in advance and saved the five bucks whatever um, so that was a big argument this was all going on about 10 minutes before I loaded in to, to set up my show. I did talk to Jimmy about it. I think what we're going to end up doing is for anybody that was there, we're probably going to offer up a coupon code to our respective uh, websites for like a $5 off because it really is what it really was wrong, right? That really isn't the deal and that wasn't what we wanted and even though the venue apologized to us, uh, that is the best way I think we can apologize to you. So just keep an eye out for something like that. Uh, it, it'll. it'll ha I just need to coordinate with Jimmy. I really have not had a second. To, I've spent more time working on it right now explaining it to you than I have trying to fix it. So I just know that we're aware of it. I personally am very sorry that that happened. Miscommunications do happen, but I do try and insulate our audience and our fans from them 
whenever possible, but this was out of my control because I just did not know that it was happening and was super surprised. But again, that kind of also happens when you're playing a show uh, at a venue for the first time. So if we get invited back next year, which I hope we do, I hope we get the opportunity to do this again, at least I'll know better, and we'll do it all in advance for roughly $15. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I thought Creating Strange put on a really fantastic show on Saturday night. I'm really digging a lot of the new material. Personally, I'm getting a little sick and tired of Not Another Roxanne just spinning around in my head. I told Jimmy I thought it was like the most pop-smart song I think they've written in a very long time. I'm looking forward to that, hopefully being in the next batch of recordings, because that one is just catchy AF. But I think, and I could be wrong, but I think the highlight of the night for me was the uh, the intro set up for Angeline. I love when bands do stuff like that. I try and do stuff like that. If you don't remember, we do that for uh, Quiet Mind. The song actually doesn't start the way we started live. Same with uh, Keep You Near. We've added like a little bit of an intro kind of thing to that. So I love when bands do that, including my own. I thought it was just a wonderful way to bring in just a great song. And it's this week's week Craving of the Week. Craving Strange. suitcase under her bed She knows someday she'll need to run from here She's got nowhere to go but everything nowhere When life is left her empty She's learned to fill her head And leave the pain behind for someone else She never had an easy Never seem to care Wait, goodbye, 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 Angeline Wait, goodbye, 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 Angeline Never had a reason, she'd never be ashamed Never have the answers and learn the games And everything she had was everything she gave goodbye, 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 Angeline goodbye, goodbye, goodbye Angeline 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is indeed time for me to get the hell on out of here. We have exhausted all the fuel in the Winnebago that is the Hard Rock Lunchbox this week. I absolutely have no idea what's coming up uh, this weekend. I'm way out of sorts and stuff, and again, just super behind like always. So if there are any good shows this weekend, please feel free to just promote them all you want. Uh, throw them in the chat. Let me know. I'll see what I can do about attending you know I need to get to a Feast Your Eyes show, so I'm going to be looking for that next. Uh, I know Joey's Joey's band is doing a show with uh, their EP release show. It'll be um, The Un Skyline, uh, Craving Strange, I Ignite, and the Lunacy uh, Commission. That'll be at the end of September. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to go to that, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll be there for that. Um, and then uh, we're at Beery's at the end of October and December and I don't know why I'm telling you that. It's time for us to go. Have yourself a beautiful, beautiful rest of the day and a beautiful, beautiful weekend if you can. And we'll do this all again next week, I promise. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week on The Box. I don't want to... Hard Rock Lunch Box.